Please tell me you speak English. I'm Detective Carter. Do you speak any English? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I cannot believe this shit. First I get a bullshit assignment, that Mr. Ricerone. I don't even speak American. Come on, man, my ride over here. All right, on today's podcast, I've got the man who invented 10 things, the original chaps, if you know, you know, the only dude who will record a reaction pod to Jeremy Lin joining the Raptors while waiting to clear customs at an airport. Catch him on the main floor of SVP asking if he can get 40% off the 40% off he's already getting, or on the second floor customizing a size 9 and 3 eighths new era hat. The Sadio Mane to my Mo Salah. You'll never walk alone, bro. What up, Willu? Wow, that's... What a what an intro! You should have said you'll never pot alone, but uh, I appreciate that, man. The, the effort. Look at you learning two I, Liverpool players. Have you heard? Uh, Premier League's back, baby. Two Premier weeks League's back. Back for real? Like they're gonna finish the season? Yeah. So Liverpool's Premier League title won't be tainted after all. You know, people are already gonna slander it, but uh, it's okay, man. The title's gonna be real. It's gonna be there, and uh, hopefully, uh, everyone's. Uh, they just need to win like two more games, and then they can just call it a day. <laughs> So they can get so they if they win two more games and they have to shut the league down again, like it'll be clinched. Hey, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Well, once they clinch it, then it's legit. I had to watch three New Balance promo videos to make sure I pronounced Sadio Mane's last name correctly. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Chelsea's Shals- hairline though. I've seen people on Twitter making oh, fun man. of his hairline. Yeah, I mean, uh, what can I say? It's like. Um... I guess it's kind of like Stephen A. Smith's, you know, it's like, uh, like, what was that? What would that be? Like 11 o'clock? Like 1130. He's got an 1130 <laughs> oh, hairline. <laughs> Come on, man. He looks like LeBron in 30 years, man. Uh, but he's, yeah. he's, he's a good player or what? He's a, he's a defender, Bro. right? No, no, man. Come on. Oh, oh, what is he? What's going on? I don't know. I'm going to just shout out Cafu right now. He's, he's a winger. He's a winger. He's uh, kind of like a striker, kind of like a winger. Probably the best player on the team, at least this year, for sure. Like, Salah was the best player, but I think Mane has been really he good. He doesn't man. even look like a good player, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with all soccer players, is like, you admire all these athletes, but you know deep down they're all 5'8". You know? Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, Messi's the greatest of all time. The guy's like 5'4". I'm like... <laughs> oh, yeah, whenever you see Messi next to, like, real athletes... Actually, no, people are going to get mad at me. Next to, like, basketball players, like... Uh-huh. They look so short. It's like a Yao Ming next to a regular person situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Yao Ming next to Shaq, you know? Like, it just... There's levels to this. Um, yeah, I mean, and Messi, in his case, he had to take... Uh, his parents had to give him a human growth hormone when he was, <laughs> Wait, like, what? really small. Like, eight or nine. Yeah, because he was saying? going to grow up to be, like, four foot something. This and was, they had like, to give two, him years, two years before he went to, like, the Barcelona Academy? Yeah, yeah. Wow! Look! Wow! Look at you! Look at look at you dropping La Masia as a as a reference. Yeah, that's to this guy. that's what I meant to say. Yo, I've are, been are we to, pivoting? Uh, Is running back to... gonna be a? <laughs> what's that? What's that? Camp Camp New? Did I pronounce it correctly? Because I mispronounced yeah. everything. That's foreign. No, that's pr- that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've, I've taken were the you, camp, there? camp New tour, man. I'll send you a photo after. Yeah. Wow! I'm gonna I, get a picture of this guy wearing a a Javi <laughs> kit. <laughs> what? Javi Lopez? Uh, no, I, uh, yeah, I was in Spain when one of the El Clasicos happened. And I only know because uh, I was staying at an Airbnb in a pretty residential area and people were just going nuts. Did you like, go? When, when the game was happening. No, like I just went to take a tour of the museum. We couldn't get tickets to. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I actually don't think it was in. It's Barcelona, Madrid, right? Yeah. Yeah, what year so was I, this? Do you know? Ah, uh, man. Uh, marriage years. So probably b- pre-2012. Oh. oh, there's some good classicals in that stretch. Yeah. Uh, people were just going crazy, like, uh, on their, like, condo balconies and stuff. Like, you, like, even just staying at the place and, like, people were just watching in their house. You could tell, like, it was a big deal. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Camp New regular, you know? Wow. Uh, this is me watching uh, Raptors Bulls on a Tuesday. Just on the balcony, <laughs> yelling. I also always have to ask Cash if he roots for Inter or AC Milan because I always because <laughs> I always see their jerseys online and I Cash has told me 
it's it's AC that he roots for, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he always tells me if I show up in an Inter Milan jersey to like score FC that he's gonna like cut our friendship off. Like it can't be Bro, that I'm, serious, I'm, I'm, man. I'm, no, it, it's it's that serious, man. It's that serious. First off, don't even call it AC. Call it Milan, all right? Because Inter is <laughs> the second club there. Yo, soccer people are such snobs, man. Like, what's <laughs> oh, the equivalent? Yeah, what's the basketball equivalent of don't call it AC? Like, don't call them the Lakers. Don't call them the Clippers. Like, like don't yeah, refer to them as know. the LA team. Like, what's going on, man? Yeah, I mean that's like LA changing the name to like the the Clippers changing the name from Los Angeles Clippers to LA Clippers. <laughs> and like why are level. Asians? Why do Asians claim soccer so seriously? You guys aren't even from those towns. <laughs> oh, do you have a statement for that? Yo, <laughs> Yo relax, relax. Um, no, Asians. Asians think they own Premier League, man. I I just think I mean soccer is just super big, man. I mean I don't know what else to say. It's just like really popular. Um. I don't know, like a lot of Asian people play soccer, you know, like, bro, have you, I, I, you, one day you got to write a story about the Asian senior men's leagues that are in all of like every single, like Richmond Hill, Markham, uh, Scarborough, um, so basically profile your dad. Oakville, Milton. Yeah, pretty much profile my dad. Uh, you might have to interview in Mandarin. You might have to uh, say Shishini, like, uh, like Chris Tucker does in this movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like the, these leagues are so serious. There's like there's, so they they hold like an annual like basically a Super Bowl. This is like late August, and they get like pretty much every borough represented, basically from Hamilton all the way out to the east side, maybe Ajax. And so there's like probably twelve teams there. There's like it's like sponsored by Pizza Pizza. Uh, uh, they play the <laughs> of Chinese. Of course, it's anthem. sponsored by Pizza Pizza. <laughs> Yeah, they play. They, they play the national anthem. They play the Canadian anthem. They raise a flag, and then it's just fifty-year-olds getting sunburned and uh, scoring like two goals in about. No, like, no if, if if you're if you're forty and older and Asian, like you play soccer, or, oh, or definitely, you, or you golf if you're a snob, like my dad. Are, are those tournaments like serious, or, or is it just more like friendly? Oh, bro, it's so serious. So they have to. They've actually had to establish rules for um, how many. Uh, I would say imports, although they're in a foreign land, so it's it's not really importing. <laughs> but basically, how many non-Chinese players you can have? Because uh, it got so serious. The best play I've ever seen there. Um, I was I was the import for my dad's teams because I was younger. Um, but the, the best play I've ever seen in that league is there's this guy who used to play on the Vietnamese national team. Whoa! And he came so to play, and he was sick. He, he was like he was like Sadio Mane, basically, just cooking is... these fifty-year-olds. But but they so they they say like on each team it has to be a number of Asians. Uh, I mean it's mostly Asian people anyway. So, yeah. That's like that's like the Chinese basketball league. It, it's literally <laughs> exactly like the Chinese basketball league, and someone brought in Greg Monroe. It wasn't that's, fair. That's hilarious, man. Did your dad get you into soccer? Is that like the origin story? Oh yeah, definitely. My dad put a soccer ball on my feet like probably when I was one. Yeah, when you weren't even wearing pants. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, does your brother Seth Curry play? Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays too. Um, he played Timbit soccer when he was here, uh, which was nice. A little, a little jealous uh, because Wait, my dad Timbit did not. Soccer? Yeah. So um, this is sponsored there's, there's by there's Tim Hortons. Hortons. What's... Oh yeah, my so they God, call, they're called. It's, it's called the Timbit League. Yeah, yeah. So um, he played in that for a couple of years. He has a couple of trophies too. And like, I would have probably done pretty well in those leagues too. But my parents only put me in for like like two games and then I, I went to china for a summer so i didn't get to play in those leagues but uh yeah this man's out here getting a double double man with a honey gruller that's insane man i love yo it sponsors. worked like that only drinks tim horns now man like i bought him a french press beans everything like that and every time i come home he's just like here's a here's a regular coffee and i'm like wow. dad I don't, I don't even drink tim horns nor do i put milk or sugar in my shit so so he's not a mark saval level coffee snob you're saying uh, definitely not. That maybe the opposite, actually. And what's this about Oasis being elite, bro? What's going on? <laughs> All right, you can tell we haven't talked in like two days. <laughs> yeah, we actually have topics. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't yeah, have to. We don't have to. Have, we don't have to force ourselves to watch a movie from '98 and chat about it. We don't gotta role play about uh, me being crabbed and bleak. Um. <laughs> What's this about Oasis? So, I mean, so, I, you know, yesterday I had to stay up really late for uh, to finish this assignment or whatever. 
and it was like 4 a.m. and I was like struggling to stay awake. So I needed to put on some music that would hype me up. And I realized that what I really wanted to hear was Oasis, which is uh, maybe out of like maybe not on brand, but there was like a significant part when I was probably in grade 10, 10 through like second year university, so like a four or five year stretch, where like I was really really into rock music. Um, only because, you know, most of my friends were white and they kept referencing things and I didn't understand anything. So one day I got really tired and I, I went on, um, uh, a, a torrenting website. I don't want to snitch anyone out, but I went on a torrenting website and I typed in top 500 rock songs. And then I listened to all of them. I studied it just so I can understand references. Like, uh, I don't this, know. This, like this Black is Betty. like me. Like, this is like what, me. what else is Black Betty? Okay. This is know, me no adding, this is me adding like the the top like Spotify artist playlist whenever someone passes away. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> it's it's yeah, basically the equivalent. Oh go, um, come on, man. <laughs> this guy listening to Nav, sorry. I, I yeah, this I mean, man said I thought probably... I thought this man said Edwin Encarnacion for a second. Okay, oh, so you got the top no, no, five hundred no. top five hundred rock songs and yeah, then you yeah. fell in love with Oasis? Yeah, out of all those, you know, Oasis definitely stood out to me. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about their sound, but it was just like, it was, it was, it was, I think, unique at the time. I think within that catalog, I, I think when you look back on it, it's such a, I mean, when you look back in anger on it, um, it's such like a, a popular band that it's hard to say that, you know, it was a unique sound, but it's kind of similar to Coldplay. Like, you know, Coldplay obviously now is so mainstream, but at the time the sound was really um new and i just like really fucked with their energy uh they also got some great songs man like um great basically great karaoke songs obviously wonderwall is like uh, i got become a cliche but um, yeah, I, you know there's so i said don't look back in anger last time i don't know if you remember that yeah we went to karaoke exactly i probably sang it with you because you know I, I fuck with oasis so yeah i last night i was up for an hour between four and five o'clock so i had to uh i listened to Slide Away, which is probably my favorite Oasis song, um, you know, but all around the world. Uh, I mean, there's just there's tons of them, man. There's tons of them. So shout out Oasis. Yeah, I always thought I always got Oasis and U2 mixed up. Like oh. um, U2 is not bad either. That's low key. Like U2 is really not bad either. Yeah. What's your Mount Rushmore of white bands then? Like your four. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I'm probably I'm putting Oasis on there. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was definitely one of my faves for a very long time. Um, wow, this is tough. There's, there's not that many options. <laughs> you, you're not putting Coldplay on there. I'm surprised. You reference Coldplay a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. Coldplay's on there, too. Coldplay's on there, too. Um, but not you, too? The, the, no, not you, too. I feel like it's this this list is too old, so I feel like I need something more modern. Um, no, The National. All right. Yeah, white yeah. bands have cool names. I'll give them that. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's just like I don't know, man. There's something about when you're like in your early teens, and you're just like brooding and kind of upset at something, and you know you don't really have like a great uh, fluency with your own emotions. At least this is as a guy. Um, yeah, these these there was something that really resonated with some of these bands. I think there's like a common theme of just like. Um, it's almost like a brattiness to Oasis's music, and I kind of fucked with that. I don't know, man. But yeah, it, it you, still bangs. I, I stick by this. You didn't, you didn't get angry and listen to like Marilyn Manson. Nah, I wasn't really into that stuff. Some people try to put me on Finger Eleven, and I was like, I'm out. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good band. But what do I know? All right, so today we're talking about the 1998 American action comedy film Rush Hour, directed by Brett Ratner, starring Jackie Chan and chris tucker i actually wrote chris rock in my notes that's problematic wow. um so this guy you know yeah so so i know you just finished rewatching the movie uh i i rewatched it yesterday uh what did you think man i actually uh forgot about how enjoyable this movie was yeah well i mean it is just a it's a real classic like i, I don't know what else to say about it like it's uh it's 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 a kind of movie that I don't think gets made anymore, like an action comedy. Like it, they do get made. Don't get me wrong. This is a very common genre, but like it's not box office anymore. Like when was the last time you saw like a big action movie that was like a comedy and also action at the same time? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I was watching this and I was thinking how, you know, 
there's an alternate universe where this could have been blown out like a Fast and Furious franchise type situation. Because yeah. I, I feel like they had the pieces in place at least. Well, at least with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan too, right? No, they have undeniable chemistry. Like that is the movie is the seeing the two of them together. Like a buddy cop movie, you need that. Um, and I've seen, a, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like buddy cop movies, so I've seen a couple and stuff like that. Um, it's just not the same. Jackie Chan is like an undeniable buddy cop star because he's, um, I, I don't know, he's just, he's very funny, but at the same time, he, he lets other people do their job. He's like a Kyle Lowry type where he's going to do all the dirty work, take charges, you know, like jump off a roof, whatever. But, uh, you know, he's not going to do much of the speaking. He can let a guy like Chris Tucker do it. And that's why this there's a great chemistry here because, you know, Chris Tucker is just like uh, a motor mouth. He gets like a, you know, he's speaking a million miles per minute. And like, um, yeah, it's, it's really fun. So, I mean, I, to be honest, the, the big question here is who is the star of the movie for you? Is, is, is Jackie Chan the leading man and Chris Tucker the supporter or is Chris Tucker the leading man and Jackie Chan the support? Wow, you're just stealing from my notes. Um, oh, I didn't wow. actually read the notes. I'm sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, cause I was thinking a lot about that. This has to be Chris Tucker's movie, right? Like Jackie Chan is a supporting role, like you just explained. And it's like a pretty mm -hmm. understated role. Like he doesn't get a lot of those like action set pieces that he usually has. Like he, he has like one, I think big one here. And like you mentioned, like he doesn't really have a huge speaking role. It's kind of just like a foil to Chris Tucker. So even though I think from like an Asian perspective, you know, I think we get excited about this movie because this is like Jackie Chan's first north american like huge mainstream hit it's got to be chris tucker's movie i don't know if you agree though uh i agree for this one rush hour 2 is is, is jackie chan's movie and the rush hour 3 we just don't speak about but uh no we're doing yeah, rush hour... on both of them i don't know if you know <sighs> all right well i guess i guess we have limited options in quarantine but uh um... well, you, you still owe me for hitch basically okay all right well cool so you're gonna watch rush hour 3 all right we could have done Joy Luck Club. I don't know. Um, no, I'm doing Joy Luck Club with cash. <laughs> okay, all right. We're gonna move on there. We're move on. So, so you do move, think on, move Rush on from Hour Squidward? <laughs> Calling this man Squidward from now on. <laughs> Rush Hour. Rush Hour One is definitely Chris Tucker's movie. I honestly don't remember a single thing about Rush Hour Two. That's the one where they go to Hong what? Kong, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing because it's in. It's mostly in this movie is almost in, exclusively in LA. There's like the first scene where they're he's randomly chasing um Jun Tao slash Sang. Um, <laughs> it's not Jun Tao. We need to in, talk about this. Okay, we could talk about that. It's also a bit controversy, but uh, no, it's mostly set in LA, so you know, it's a lot of Chris Tucker. Like, Chris Tucker is driving it, and then you know, like Jackie Chan is an unbelievable number two, he takes over many scenes. Um, you know, but at the same time, he's definitely there to support Chris Tucker's vision. Yeah, I honestly forgot everything about Rush Hour 2, but let's talk about this Jun Tao situation. So I completely forgot that the twist was that Jun Tao is the white guy, the mm. white British diplomat, which I thought mm. was a, not a very good twist. So Ken Long, who I also remember as a random X-Men in one of the movies, is Sang, who is Jun Tao's second in command. But the whole movie, you're led to believe that he's Jun Tao, right? But he's not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, kind stop. of, but although like, stop referring to him as Juntao because that's not right. Okay, but that's the thing; everyone remembers him as Juntao, man. I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> these are just the facts, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, at one point, I think after the the scene where they chase him and he's got the axe, and then they blow up the building with the FBI agents in it, um, then he he says that's saying because he he chased him before. But yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be a bit, uh, necessarily a big reveal. I guess Juntao was supposed to be this like unnamed figure, and because he had a like a it's a Chinese name, like you would just figure that it was a Chinese guy. Um, but it turns out that uh, you know colonialism was the uh, the grand enemy here. So uh, great great <laughs> writing on that front, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't know there was anyone more angry about the British handover than my parents uh, until I learned about the Juntao character so this man was mad because he was like building a museum or something you were trying to explain this to me so he explains at the end his motivation is obviously there's spoiler alert but i mean honestly if you haven't seen rush hour one like what are you doing it's it's good even if you know the spoilers um but uh yeah he, he explains at the end that his motivation is that he had worked his whole life this is a quote he worked his whole life to uh, obtain all these uh chinese artifacts which means he was probably stealing and I mean, he was definitely stealing and probably worse 
And, you know, when the handover came, you know, uh, these assets moved from him to the uh, a museum because they're like national artifacts. They're showcasing Chinese history like they belong with a museum. And they shouldn't belong with like a private trader, especially one that is uh, a colonist. And um, so he's mad, basically, that these were robbed from him, which is kind of I mean, it's good writing because you could definitely see that perspective of how, uh, you know, someone with a colonial uh, ties would see reality in that twisted way of seeing that these artifacts belong to him quote unquote because you know that's just what that mentality is so um his his his, i guess his goal is to get some money and then also somehow either get the artifacts back or that he will get compensated for those artifacts yeah i know this isn't supposed to be like a highly sophisticated movie but that was like the weakest part of it like there was like no build-up to that guy like they just kind of explained his story and then i guess he's gone yeah well, I mean, there's also like the, the it's funny because the reveal in the movie for the characters is different than the reveal for the um, the audience, because in the scene where they're fighting at the Chinese restaurant, uh, Chris Tucker and, and obviously the audience is able to see on the screen that um, that white guy is there. And so you already know as the audience who that guy is. So really, the only reveal was was between the characters where, you know, um, consular. Uh, Han was able to uh, find out then that it, he was betrayed by this uh, this clearly nefarious white dude who was just conspicuously there. Yeah, shout outs to Fu Chow Restaurant, man. Um, <laughs> great, uh, great decor. So I have some few fun facts about this movie I wanted to tell you about. So did you know that Brett Ratner wanted Jackie Chan for this movie after he saw rumble in the bronx and he actually flew to south africa where jackie chan was filming a movie to what the fuck was the he film <laughs> what was he filming in south africa bro was he filming around the world in 80 days <laughs> i don't know man but the tuxedo no i think that came after oh fuck yo there's some Police. bad jackie chan movies man yeah well when we do uh rush hour three we might just have to kill 20 minutes going through his other movies oh, man. actually I've never watched rush... <laughs> I've... oh my god um jackie chan got his checks though so this was obviously his breakout movie in north america his first one was in 1980 actually it was a movie called the big brawl and it was according to imdb both critically and commercially disappointing um the, the movie is set in 1930s chicago and jackie chan plays a character named jerry kwan a regular joe who squares off against the local mob when his dad's restaurant is extorted by them actually sounds not bad sounds like a jackie chan movie i was gonna say i'm surprised he wasn't a railway worker man what the hell was he doing in america in 1930s man that's (laughs) this man's going up against al capone man Um, yeah the the plot is him fighting against the uh the chinese exclusion act man damn yo this guy worked with the chicago white Sox in 1919 to fix the world series bro um 1985 he's in another movie called the protector and jackie chan himself has called it the worst movie he's ever been in that's Um, a that's a high bar man (laughs) yo imagine doing some work getting paid millions and being like that was trash um and 1995 uh, i think most people are familiar with rumble in the bronx that's really like it feels like that's the first one that really put him on the map um Mm. at least here with like north american audiences of like he can actually be in one of these type of movies but like he he definitely gets fleshed out in rush hour a little more so i want you i want to read you this review from the washington post about the movie um just maybe even the first sentence which is so fire you have to hear this um the the reviewer michael sullivan starts the the piece with rush hour starring the undynamic duel of jackie chan and chris tucker is a misbegotten what? marriage of sweet and sour <laughs> Yo, that's, that's, such, that's incredible racism man. <laughs> Yo, i couldn't believe Holy this shit. that's, that's so intense <laughs> To, wow. to be fair, at one point in the movie when Chris Tucker finds Sang, he goes, I've been looking for your sweet and sour chicken ass, and I laughed. Yo, um, that that's funny, but I mean, that's just, that's just <laughs> terrible, bro. Yeah, so some of the reviews were definitely not favorable. Um, so he goes on in this review to say, the problem with the movie is that it can't make up its mind on what it is. 
And unlike Reese's peanut butter cups, the sharply contrasting flavors of these ingredients only leave a bad taste in the customer's mouth. This yo, man was not... going for his food puns, man. Yo, this man was <laughs> this man was racist as fuck, bro. <laughs> this man said Reese's peanut butter cups. You're not slick, man. What the fuck is that? Yeah, wow. um, it's pretty funny because I feel like if you know the internet was more popular back in '98. And we were like all on Twitter, like we would actually have to get outraged at rush hour reviews. Oh yeah, no. Imagine trying to cancel someone at AOL, man. That w- that would have been tough. Um, I only got, I only got uh, one hour of free internet per week. It's like yo, hold on, my uh, my dad needs to use the phone. Um, yeah, it's I'm, like I'm, yo, I'm on... <laughs> yo, how do you record podcasts in '98, man? I guess you just do it over the phone. Nah, you gotta do it in person, bro. I don't even know. It's like, hold on, let me dial that star. What is it? Is it star sixty nine or whatever? Let me let me three way in. Uh, let me three way in Joe Cash here, and, and we'll do a group pod. It's like not possible. So Jackie Chan also said, he, actually, he was interviewed about this. I think years later, and he said he didn't like Rush Hour. He says that he didn't like the way he spoke English, and he actually had no idea what Chris Tucker was saying because Chris Tucker would like ad lib a lot of his scenes. <laughs> and Jackie Chan actually found that to be really difficult. I love how Jackie Chan just does movies, like makes a lot of money and then complains about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen, um, that's that's a hilarious note. I don't know, I don't even know what else to say. Like, that's actually a hilarious story. Um, <laughs> Do you think like was I don't even know. Was this a big deal like in Asia? I'm assuming they didn't really care or did they? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, unlike something like uh, Crazy Rich Asians, like I think people, I think okay. So Russia, so Jackie Chan's already a bankable actor in China. Like this is already a big deal. Obviously, he was a star. Uh, I think of Hong Kong cinema, and then he's just like a really big deal in Asia. So I, I think it probably did numbers, and it's an action movie, and like Chinese people generally pretty much, I mean, we fuck with action movies. So I, I, I think this probably did pretty well. I can only imagine what the dubbed version of Chris Tucker would be. Like a Chinese guy just like trying to <laughs> try to Steve, spit It's Stephen Chow. It's Stephen Chow for <laughs> like, sure. What the fuck? Like at one point he says, uh, titty, 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 get them titties out of here. Like how do you say that in Chinese? Like uh, how does that translate in the chat? <laughs> I oh just imagine the Chinese Chris Tucker with with the with the dubs. I got I got maybe I got to find the Mandarin version of this movie, but um, I'm sure it did well. I mean, look, for me personally, like I, so me and my dad, we used to uh, every week after Chinese class, we would get Chinese buns and then we would drive on our way home. There was like a blockbuster at like uh, Royal York and I think Westway. I think it's closed. I mean, obviously all the blockbusters are closed, but yeah, we used to go to blockbuster every week and we would get. Um, like one or two movies and like somehow we would always end up with a chinese movie and i think we watched like pretty much every jackie chan movie uh that was in english and yeah so we used to do that all the time and so yeah he was a big we were big fans and i just honestly assumed like everyone like in china was already a big fan of jackie chan like he's like probably the most famous asian which is pretty impressive considering there's like two billion east asian people oh you know you're the most famous when like you know, you and Bruce Lee are like the go-to uh, racist yeah, yeah. references for people, right? No, legit. And if you're slightly tall, like if you're taller than five eight, then you're Yao Ming. Yeah, and somehow everyone is Jeremy Lin now. Yep. I, again, just shout out Jeremy Lin, man. He just <laughs> really, really no one, no one has gotten more out of two weeks of great basketball than Jeremy Lin. So it's funny because you were mentioning how North America, like this was his big push in north america but you're not getting like this is not like a full jackie chan movie right like you're familiar with like some of his other movies like you know he's obviously like featured prominently there's more action scenes it's like an arvidas sabonis situation man like you hear about this guy like overseas oh, okay. and then he comes over and you get like a reduced <laughs> version of him but but think about it though if this is the introduction to jackie chan for like a north american person watching him for the first time like he's just like a sidekick jokester guy like that's all he is in this movie right i mean part of the difficulty with jackie is that um i feel like i'm slandering by saying this and i i, I you know i love jackie jam man i just i just told the story about how we, we we used to spend like we spent all our you know uh blockbuster coupons on, on jackie jam movies um but he's not a good actor man <laughs> first of all say, yeah like, he's not a good actor but first of all you had blockbuster coupons when do you not have coupons yeah. man 
Yo, though they had a booklet. If you if you sign up for a Blockbuster subscription, they give you a booklet, and the booklet you had like monthly coupons. So yeah, I mean, no, Blockbuster was like a real big part of my childhood because I would get video games from there too. Um, no, same for me. I used to burn. I used to just copy all the all the movies, right? Like once you yeah. had like a CD burner. Yeah. Well, once I got the CD burner, then I started doing that. But of course, I think that was already at the point where you could probably find some online and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Um, Blockbuster. I mean, honestly, Blockbuster is already pretty. You know, it's it's already a luxury because the real real Blockbuster is if you just went to Pacific Mall. Like, I'm surprised we didn't do that more often. Like, we actually paid real money to 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 rent these movies. We had to like yeah, the, rewind it. You had to rewind the tape too. Oh so you, yeah. You feel the, like an the, asshole. The problem with Pacific Mall was they would just get raided all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes shops would just disappear and honestly some of those pacific mall dvd shops are kind of intimidating because they carry a lot of the hong kong movies oh instead well, of the North I, American I, thought, movies. I thought you were gonna say they also carry a lot of porno so it's like hard for you and your me and my dad to walk in there when <laughs> oh, i was yeah, like 10, they, 10 years they, old <laughs> but they do that in the back yeah it's like why is this 10 year old kid walking in here and he has holes in his pants yeah well <laughs> they're like oh man you can't even hide an erection with like a cut <laughs> pants oh, come on, <laughs> yeah no shout outs to blockbuster though man um lots of great memories just browsing the aisles um yeah but i think i bought my first dvd there did you used to buy dvds you probably didn't like no, real hell, dvds no yeah. no, no I, way I, I, I oh you know DVDs... the only you know what the only yeah, time that? we bought real dvds is me and my dad were super big fans of lord of the rings and so i think either for his birthday or for my birthday some, something involving a birthday uh, we bought the, the 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 DVD sets for all three movies. Yo, your movie tastes are so interesting, man. <laughs> like, yo. Oh yeah, I definitely rented Hedge too, man. Can you do your Mount Rushmore of movies right now? First of all, Lord of the Rings is so boring, bro. If I want to watch bro. three hours, oh, well, nine hours of people walking, like I would just go for a walk. Okay, all right. First off. <laughs> You did not just say that, all right? This guy's repping Legolas right now, man. Like, yo, Legolas, was the, yo, Legolas was the move, man. Um, okay, Mount Rushmore you know, movies. Four movies. Hitch? Yeah, okay, so I'm probably going... Yeah, Hitch is on there. Uh, Eternal Sunshine. I'm with that. I love Pro- Eternal Sunshine as well. Have you ever yeah. watched Ad- Adaptation? No. You should watch Adaptation. It's one of those, it's, if you like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I think you'll like okay. Adaptation. Okay. Um, honestly, for a brief while, I really fucked with Inception, but I, I can't be on record saying I put Inception on my fucking Mount Rushmore. Yeah, how many message boards uh, did but you I will... want to read about the final scene? Bro, do you know how many times... Oh, yeah, this is how serious I was about Inception. Me and my roommate in the first year, That's I think that's when Inception came out. We were so obsessed with that movie, we, we bought books on how to lucid dream. And we spent like two months... Well, we should have been studying for biology one-on-one. All no, we no, did no. was try You're... to lucid dream. No, no, no. Instead of trying to study, you should have just bought drugs. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, probably we should have bought drugs, yeah. But no, we were just trying to naturally lucid dream. So we would like, take naps intentionally so that you can try to Wait, stay awake. hold on, man. This is going to be the new controversy. We're going to have YouTube comments about this, bro. <laughs> yo, yo Will Chan's already flaming us on next week's Run It Back. So you and your roommate in university watch this movie and like read up on how to like get into that dream state that they were in yeah yeah and did you yeah. like did you succeed in any way one one once or twice so there's a there was one time where i definitely was lucid dreaming another time where i'm not totally sure if i was lucid dreaming if i was just awake but um but yeah i mean we we tried like it literally every time before sleeping we would try to do this routine where I forget, I forget what it was, man. It was like a ten minute routine. But, um, <laughs> Hold on, man. You got to tell me about this routine, <sighs> man. Okay, so it involved like it involved like uh, keeping your mind really, really active while you went to sleep, and then in but, that but moment, what does that mean, though? Like, what are you doing? Are you like counting sheep? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of like like listening to podcasts, but then like yeah, like you just like try to wake yourself up right before. You like right right after you fall asleep in that moment you fall asleep, and there are some times where you can kind of like control yourself in the dream, but then the thing the crazy thing is like you also know you're lucid dreaming, so it's but it, yeah it's really cool you're basically walking around your imagination. I swear we didn't do, do drugs for this it was really all natural, 
It took us no, like it's, it a whole semester. Wild. I'm Googling lucid dreaming right now. Did you keep a dream journal? That's recommended. Um, yeah, it was recommended. I don't think I stuck with it. Um, you know, I wasn't even, you know, keeping like a, <clears throat> a journal of my homework and stuff like that. So I don't know if I was taking <laughs> all this work to do this, but, uh, I definitely bought a book that was like a 10,000 dreams interpreted. So we would, after we dream, we would like look it up. We were really into dreaming, man. Again, conception, uh, inception fucked us up for a while. I don't, I don't know. I was, uh, I was 18 at the time. This is my defense. Yo, you're such an interesting dude, man. I no longer see you as just Asian. <laughs> wow because because i listen to oasis and yeah, want a lucid dream because i stand christopher is... nolan <laughs> yo but you've never watched memento eh? i did yeah i did oh okay yeah we need to do yeah. that movie because that's my favorite movie of like all time that's another blockbuster classic wow back so that's day. on your that's on your mount rushmore's memento yeah probably wow. um so let's okay so you've got hitch You've got Eternal oh, Sunshine yeah, yeah. as well as mine. You've got Inception and then one more for your Mount Rushmore. No, I, I can't put Inception on there because that was a really brief kind of thing. I mean, it, the movie's kind of cool, mostly visually for some of the effects um, and whatever. Okay. It's just a regular action movie. Okay, so um, Hitch, Hitch and Eternal Sunshine so far. I, I'd probably put Lord of the Rings on there. And then, and then <laughs> all Mountain, three? Mountain's all made three? apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got all three, but, but not, the, but not the, uh, the Hobbit trilogy, man. That, that, that shit was trash. Did you read all the books? Like, were you a huge Lord of the Rings guy? I did read through all the books. It was, like, the second ever book I read when I came to, like, North America. It just took a really fucking long time, especially because I was trying to learn English at the time. But you didn't get into Game of Thrones. Um, Yeah, I don't know why I didn't get into Game of Thrones. I feel like I would have definitely liked it, but I think I just didn't catch on while it was happening. And then I just like didn't like care to catch up all the way, you know. Plus, well, like well, the... in, in university, I was mostly binge watching like Mad Men and Sopranos and and Wire and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, university is the best time to to get in all your binge content, man. Like that's legit yeah. what university is for. And then you just uh, do some mock exams. I I will give Lord of the Rings. I, I like the Two Towers. I like that yeah. movie. Sick movie, man. Helm's Deep, uh... the Battle of Helm's Deep, elite. <laughs> Yo, Yo, come on, man. Please don't say elite. <laughs> um, you said that was a set. Were you into like Star Wars and Star Trek? Like, are you a sci-fi guy? Or was it just Lord of the Rings? Uh, I, I you know, I, I fucked with Star Wars, too. Star Trek, it was just honestly, I don't even want to make you feel old. Star Trek was before my time, so I, I didn't catch up on that. Preferred uh, Battlestar Galactica, which uh, oh, I, lo- I love the was I love a the pretty solid uh, Battlestar Galactica, man. You talking about the modern one, not the old one from like the sixties. No, <laughs> no, it's a different show altogether, man. <laughs> oh man, when they when they wake up the Cylons with that Jimi Hendrix song, remember that? Yeah. Wait. So play... you do know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. I watch Battlestar oh. Galactica, man. When, okay. When they play okay. all along the Watchtower and everybody wakes up. Is there is there a new version of Battlestar Galactica? Like the one in like 2001 or whatever. With James Edward Olmos? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's the one you're talking about, right? That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was classic, man. I love that. Oh yeah. When they when they did the time jump, I always, I just always love when we find common interests like outside wow. of just soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, outside of our <laughs> undying support for Liverpool. Yeah, uh, corners taken quickly. All right, so so those are your four. Wait, did you name four? You did, right? Yeah, those are the four. And then Mountain Made Apart, which is a. Uh, a purely a movie in Mandarin, but yeah, it's oh yeah, it's you've, really you've good. referenced this several times. Should I look into this? Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a YouTube link or something. But yeah, it's really good, man. It's about generational differences, and sort of just about like uh, the progression of Chinese community throughout, um, as told through one family. That sort of, um, you know, it, it's in three stages. There's like one in the 1990s. There's one in I think like 2010, and then there's one set in the future. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like a commentary on just like how, um, how I think because, you know, China, like most of the, the rest of Asia has industrialized so quickly and modernized so quickly that, um, you're losing a lot of traditions and culture and sort of, um, you're, you're sort of examining that through the lens of, uh, one family. So it, it's really good, man. I've seen it. Like it was so good. I, I watched it at TIFF and then I took, uh, my, you know, I'm very frugal, but I took all my my entire family, my grandparents included, to the TIFF Lightbox and paid like a hundred bucks so everyone could see it. Like it was that good. 
Wow. John's like, John's listening right now. He's like, what's a hundred bucks? <laughs> like, did you buy the via? Did you buy out the theater or what? Uh, no, but it was one of those really small ones at, at TIFF. So there's probably only like 50 seats in there and then like six of those were our family. So it's, it's, it's close enough. That's, that's as close as I'll get to like, you know, recreating the, the rolls on table. <laughs> yeah. And then you didn't eat for the four days. Um, <laughs> so you went to the Chinese bakery for the next week at 5 PM. No, you've referenced this movie like several times. So I'm a, I'm a look into it. I can tell it's a uh, near and dear to your heart. Um, there's more Rush Hour fun facts. So did you know that Rush Hour was basically responsible for creating the website Rotten Tomatoes? What? Yeah, so I did not know this, but the founder of the website is this guy called Sen Duong. So uh, shout-outs to Rotten Tomatoes for being Asian. And okay, he wow. was a Jackie Chan fan, and this movie, Rush Hour, inspired him to create the website. After he That's collected all-, all the reviews of Jackie's Hong Kong action movies as they were being released in the U.S. So he coded the website in two weeks and the site went live shortly before Rush Hour's theatrical release. Wow, that's that's a real that's a real fun fact. Wow, damn. Yeah, shouts to that Asian man. Shouts to IMDB, man, just giving me all the content. Also, when the cast went to Hong Kong for the premiere of this, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan went to a karaoke bar. And guess who, guess which American singer Chris Tucker sang for four hours at karaoke nonstop? So Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah. That's what inspired, uh. like, the, I guess this is, like, in Rush Hour 2. Um, and also, Chris Tucker wasn't the first choice for Detective Carter. Uh, what? Eddie Murphy turned it down. Um, others okay. who were considered was Martin Lawrence, uh, Hitch star Will Smith, <laughs> oh, and yo. Dave, Dave oh, Chappelle. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> no, God. No, man. Will Smith and Jackie Chan, that would have been way too much for you, man. You would have been no, standing that, nonstop. That would have been, been a little corny, but I would have standed for sure. But uh, No, I think they set on the right combo because you you really do need Chris Tucker's energy because, again, like like uh, you know, Jackie Chan just doesn't like say much and you can't really get by with jackie chan saying a lot of dialogue so it was great to have uh chris tucker sort of fill in all the gaps i also think uh, someone like a will smith or eddie murphy it would have been too big of a name like chris tucker was like popular but he wasn't like a list like that you know yeah um like will smith next to jackie chan like i feel like jackie chan would have gotten reduced way too much um before they cast jackie it was chris farley who was gonna star alongside martin lawrence like that was the original plan and then chris farley passed away in 1997 so they decided to change it to an asian lead uh those are all the fun facts man we should talk about the soundtrack as well okay um i don't know man this was one of my favorite soundtracks growing up i guess in 98 i was still young that's right i was 14 um Mm. like how deep is your love the drew hill red man song yeah, um, yeah. The Jay Z "Can I Get a," which which they play in the car during the movie. There's just a lot of great tracks on this. Yeah, um, yeah. The scene of Su Young uh, singing Mariah Carey uh, oh, in the yeah, car right. was, was also really good. Just like a great example of like, I don't know. She just uh, Su Young was great, man. Shout out Su Young. She was great in this movie. Uh, every scene she was in, she was very enjoyable. Um, what else? Uh, obviously, the Beach Boys reference was kind of cool. Um, yeah, of just course. Jackie, of Chan Jackie, would, Jackie Chan would like Beach Boys. Oh, man. definitely, bro. <laughs> Listen, like most of '90s um, Cantonese pop, Cantal pop, was like Beach Boys type stuff, like soft, oh, man. army yeah, yeah. rock. You know, you know the vibes. Yeah, so like he would at, definitely fuck with Beach Boys. At some um, point, we're gonna have to need to do a podcast uh, when this pandemic reaches two years. We're gonna have to do a podcast on how Chinese. Uh, pop culture just bootlegs everything <laughs> yo chinese pop like cancel pop for the whole decade was just people trying to be george michael <laughs> no you're like, not wrong <laughs> you're so, not wrong um so i definitely fucked with that and then the best part of the soundtrack was when jackie chan finally speaks english in that long scene where he comes off the plane and chris tucker is just like upset that he doesn't he's like had to t- babysit this guy and has to chase him all over town and stuff like that when he finally speaks english uh you hear a gong sound. <laughs> oh yeah, there is a gong sound. Whoever did that in post production, oh. shout outs, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I didn't find any anything in there to be like offensive though. 
Like when Chris no. Tucker well, calls him like Mr. Rice-A-Roni, like I laughed. Oh, yeah, yeah. First off, is, Rice-A-Roni is not Chinese, right? Yeah, well, Chris Tucker makes a lot of mistakes in this, I feel. Like, remember that scene when um, they get Chinese food from like that street vendor? And, uh-huh. and Jackie's eating uh, camel's hump, and I think he got eel for Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker's complaining to the street vendor how they don't have chicken wings and fries. Like, uh, I feel like that's a plot hole because, like, most Chinese spots serve that, anyways. Yeah. Uh, also, also going back to Rice Arani, I'm pretty sure that's Italian, so might have to <laughs> might have to change Cash's nickname again. <laughs> oh my God! Come on, man. Yo, this man really calling him Squidward? Come on. Man. <laughs> Fried Squidward. <laughs> oh man! Uh, can't oh, wait for the man. cash beef. No, I'm kidding. No, no, I love cash, man. Cash is my guy. No, shout out to cash. I'm I also st- like the scene where Sang. I think the first time he calls and asks for twenty million dollars after he's oh. kidnapped a girl, and he's asking for like denominations, like very specific denominations of like five and ten dollar bills. It's mm-hmm. like if you did a kidnapping and you're like, "Yo, make sure you get me like ten blockbuster coupons on the side." <laughs> And I want these specific buns from the Chinese bakery. <laughs> okay, okay. So you you touched on um, one of my biggest beats with this movie. It's a big plot hole. So, so he asked for fifty million dollars, which uh, Chris Tucker brilliantly responds, "Who do you think you got, Kelsey Clinton? Uh, Chelsea Clinton? Wow, damn! I'm really doing the outtakes. Um, but yeah, anyway. So he asked for fifty million dollars, and he says he wants twenty million dollars in fifties, twenty million dollars in twenties, ten million dollars in tens. So in terms of bills, twenty million dollars in fifties is four hundred thousand bills. Twenty million in twenties is one million bills, and ten million in tens is also another million bills. So you're looking at two point four million bills. Now the average American bill is one uh, one gram. So when you put it together, <laughs> you're looking at two point four million grams. Which if you translate that to tons. It's he's asking for 2.4 tons of cash. You can't even carry that. Like it's not possible. You need like a forklift. <laughs> so, so this are we is a real Sang, So Sang is a dumb criminal, is what we're saying. I'm just saying, yo, Sang, like, yo, what happened to e transfers? Like, yo, write a check or something. <laughs> <laughs> this man really asked for two tons, man. No, that was a that was unnecessary. And I think this is what happens uh, when you don't have Asian writers in the room. You know, to to yeah. do the to do the math. Oh, fact I was going to say this, this should have had you uh, working at uh, Ernest and Young to, to <laughs> Ernest and Young to come in and be like, actually, <laughs> it'd be best no, if no. you uh, if you put this in a TFSA instead. <laughs> no, I'd already uh, I'd already moved on to Sears. Come on, bro. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man. Just watching the movie, there's a lot of uh, just iconic scenes, like some of the ones we touched on already, like when Jackie and Chris Tucker are like singing and dancing to War. Mm-hmm. Um, is, yep. is an iconic scene. Um, I don't know. I have no complaints about this movie. It was very enjoyable. I, I did not remember much of it. Do you remember movies when you watch them? I watch movies and I don't remember anything like three months later, man. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, for me, in this case, it's just special because I've seen Rush Hour like probably at least 10 times. Like, I didn't need to rewatch the whole movie. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I kind of, I just kind of wanted to. But uh, yeah, this is. I don't know. It's a classic, man. I mean, the, really, the only thing in this movie, because the thing is, like, with a lot of Brett Ratner movies, um, he's basically a sleazeball, man. So it's it's unfortunate that he directed this movie. Um, but, it, you know, and, and actually, when you think back on this movie, it's not that problematic. Like, the most problematic thing that ever happened in this movie was that scene where Jackie Chan goes into that uh, bar and Chris Tucker oh, goes to the back he, room. And he and calls and the bartender Tucker, the N-word. Yeah, twice, which is uh, it's just hilarious that that's on camera. But um, but yeah, I mean that so that would be cut out. But everything else would be, you know, pretty much the same. Um, so yeah, an unproblematic 1998 movie. It's uh, it's rare, really. Yeah, I'm kind of upset. It only got like 60 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I'm not saying this is a classic or anything, but I feel like it should have landed in maybe like the 75 percent category it's not a 60 percent rotten tomatoes movie to me no well this is the thing because you're, you're probably a snob like this is like washington post writer who said this is a, a bad sweet <laughs> this is the worst sweet and sour chicken i've ever had <laughs> you're working in sweet and sour chicken and reese's peanut butter's cup though like you gotta respect that though bro i'm looking at the rest of your notes now in your email he also said what exactly is this hybrid beast 
is it trying to be a martial arts movie, levy, uh, uh, you know, leaven with a touch of streetwise comedy? Like, yo, bro, what is this, oh, man? This, man. This, this is a racial this... dog whistling, man. What the fuck is this? This man, this man is basically like, get this movie out of my wet market. Is basically yo, he what lit- he's saying. Yo, this this man's definitely tweeting about wet markets right now. <laughs> so what the fuck, man? And this is in oh. Washington Post. So I, I think it's not a movie for snobs for sure. Like it's it's the same defense I'll give to Hitch. It's like it's a movie where you walk, go in and you just try to have fun, and it's a very fun movie. Like this movie will make you laugh like repeatedly. So um, yeah, I mean I don't know, man. This is it's there's so many great scenes too. Um, you know. Like yeah. yeah, as I mentioned, the war thing. It's just a lot, lot of great, uh, you know, um, a lot of great jokes that are sort of like basically playing on the idea of like it's just strange to see this pairing. I, I don't think there's been that many um, on-camera blockbuster pairings between uh, an Asian lead and a black lead, and especially, um, you know, just because the, the the two communities don't actually intersect that much outside of America. So it, it really is. It takes a rare place like Los Angeles to even have this happen, especially in that time. And I think some of the cultural differences really did make for a really fun movie. Like that's probably why I like this movie so much, is because as a Chinese person, it's fun to sort of see, uh, you know, my people teased, you know, in this way by an- another, you know, uh, person of color. So, um, you know, like like him being called Mr. Riceroni or like your Beijing ass or. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. I don't know what to say, man. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no, it's nothing offensive. I mean, it's, I think yeah. it's different if like it was Ryan Gosling next no, to Jackie it's, Chan it's totally saying these man. things. If it was like Dane Cook as, as, uh, Yo, come yeah, on, man. Not, what, what an entirely different man. They go into a KKK bar like, and then they, they yeah. Anyway, they, and then Jackie Chan dies. Um, that would have been totally different. But like, yeah, I, I just think like it, the cultural differences there really did make for a really just. There was just a lot of content you could endlessly mine out of that. Like at one point, you know, Chris Tucker hands um, Jackie Chan his, uh, his his ID, and uh, obviously, you know, Jackie's not black, and so he's like, "Oh, I can't use this ID," and he says, "Because I'm not six one." And I'm like, "It's just it's just funny. I don't know what it is, man." Also, no. I had to I had to look up Camel's Hump because I'm pretty sure we don't eat Camel's Hump, man. I is what's going on? Is this a is this a Cantonese thing? It might be. I did Google Chinese restaurant Camel's Hump yesterday. And I mean, I saw some plates of food that looks familiar. Like I don't. Yeah, you're right though. It's it might be called something else for us, but I guess what else would it be called? Um, I don't know, man. But well, there I mean, are definitely the photos. There's there's no way like a street stand like a hot dog cart, which is essentially what they ordered food from, was like a street stand. There's no way a street stand has camel's hump, man. And then he goes to the restaurant next door, uh, the 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 food food restaurant. And he orders camel hump there, and they have it too. So it's it's not that common. I, I looked it up too. It's mostly in the Middle East, which is it makes sense because they have camels there. I, I don't think there's that many camels in China. Like, is this like a, a Silk Road remnant? Like, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're trying to run like a street cart in LA, like having eel and camel's hump as your some of your top picks, that's not good business. Um, I'm surprised Jackie Chan didn't step in and and maybe try to like correct the script this man was just going to cash a check and then shit on the movie so good on him oh yeah um so let's get to the awards who are your three stars of this movie okay um i got chris tucker number one controversial take i think but uh i got chris Tucker. no i i think that's more than fair man um no he's just he's hilarious yeah he's the star of the movie he's hilarious uh jackie chan number two and then third star it's between the daughter and saying bro <laughs> exactly exactly it's very tough um i want to give it to Young because uh she's just like again like the scene of her singing mariah carey uh while being driven to school um you know you know her whipping sang in the face and basically i actually screen capped this i was gonna tweet it at some point but um when sang was bleeding from the eye i was gonna tweet that and and also Fred Van Vliet in the finals. <laughs> All right, that's enough, man. How many times? To- how how many times are you gonna reference either Fred Van Vliet against the Bucks or or Fred bleeding in the finals? Come on. I just look, listen, don't, don't come on, man. I just need engagement. Man. I just need to stay relevant until basketball comes yo, back. Okay. Yo, I love I'm, I'm, I love all you Raptors Twitter people, but I'm so tired of hearing about last year's playoffs. <laughs> yo, no, the 2019 finals is the last dance for us. Okay. Yo, no, you already I, you already made this. Point. I love the Raptors. I love all of that, but oh my god, I, I'm I'm reaching my breaking point with that. 
Um, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, but anyway, I'm going with saying. I'm going with saying. Um, first off, yeah, it's the confusion with the Juntao. Juntao has also been like really culturally relevant. Um, and you know, at one point he has a Tech Nine, which I just thought was really h- hilarious. Like, why did you just bring this fucking machine gun? Like, what the fuck? So, oh yeah. man, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I have the same as you, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, and then Sang. Although Sang does lose a few points now that you've broken down him asking for like 800 tons of bills. Um, that's just poor fun. I'm just you, saying, how how are they gonna fucking move that, man? You can't, you can't be Juntao's number two and and be making a mistake like that. But we'll give him the third star. Uh, Patrick Patterson Award, uh, the real Juntao. You know, I wanted to give it to him, but I'm not giving it to him. I'm giving it to uh, the arms dealer um, that. Uh, that Chris Tucker initially deals with at the, at the beginning of the movie, uh, the first oh, yeah, scene Clive? you see Chris Tucker. Clive. Yes. Yeah. First off, it was distracting. I thought that was Brian Windhorst for a second, and I was just really thrown off. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm all, giving it from, he, come on. All right, go on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to him only because like he just constantly takes L's. Like, at one point, he does give up um, the fact that it's, it's Juntao who's behind the thing, so he does actually serve a purpose, and he does a good deed. But, uh, yeah, he just gets put in prison immediately, um, you know, and and yeah, they're just they're just making fun of him like nonstop. Like he's like, oh, he's like, oh, Chris Tucker, you're in here to talk to me. You can kiss my fat ass. And then uh, Chris Tucker says, I will take all day to kiss your fat ass. It's just like, damn, this guy's just getting, it's just guy getting roasted nonstop. So I'm giving it to uh to uh to Wendy. All right, uh, yeah, I'm just giving it to Juntao just because, like I mentioned, a uh, very weak villain in terms of both motivation and execution gerald henderson award um i'm nominating detective johnson she disabled that bombing device at the end mm-hmm. yeah yeah um you know originally you know you originally thought that she was in the movie because this is a movie written by a man it's an action movie featuring two dudes so you imagine that she would be the female lead um she's not and she's actually just you know, very very uh, helpful throughout the whole movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna give it to, um, I'm gonna give it to Su Young. It's sad, just because uh, she's very memorable in those scenes. You know, the, the necklace and stuff like that. Which, by the way, the necklace thing, like, I get it. It's a nice tie-in, but it's a very generic necklace. Like, it's, it always says it. <laughs> yeah. It's it like just says Etsy. Uh, the an Etsy necklace. Bro, you can get this necklace right now if you went to Dragon City. Like, it. <laughs> it, it all it says is. All it says is, uh, I guess, happiness um, or like fortune or whatever. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's a generic necklace. Like she could have just had that regardless, you know. But, yeah, they really said fuck it with a lot of the Asian details. To be honest, I was just gonna say, Jackie, you could have like said something, man. Just speak up for yourself, man. Come on. <laughs> no, nah, man. Jackie didn't even know what was going on, man. This guy was stressing out every time he did a scene with Chris Tucker. Yo, Jackie Chan was in ESL throughout this whole movie. Okay, you gotta cut some slack. <laughs> yeah, come on. I love how I love how after the movie he's like, I didn't like the way I spoke English. Like that's how you speak, bro. Like some of us, <laughs> some of us have accents. Like what do you, what do you want? Like this yeah. is this is just who you are, man. All right, that does it for this one. So we're gonna do Rush Hour Two next. I'm actually pretty excited. Is Rush Hour Two better than Rush Hour One? I don't remember. Uh, debatable, debatable. Um. There's definitely some great scenes in Rush Hour 2, but uh, it, the plot is not as good as Rush Hour 1, which is saying a lot because the plot here is not, like, ironclad by any means. But, uh, you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Rush Hour 2 also takes place a lot in Hong Kong, which I really appreciate. There's some great scenes in there. But, yeah, Rush Hour 2 also, like, really dabbles in, like, some mis- misogyny, which um, I guess was very common for the time, but is a little cringy watching back whereas when you watch back rush hour one it's just a clean watch like everything is uh everything is pretty straightforward so oh yeah i'm uh, starting to remember the the mas- massage parlor scenes and stuff right yeah exactly yeah so it's like some of that stuff just didn't need to be in there but um but yeah uh I, before we go i, I want to leave uh i want to i want to ask you for your favorite chris tucker bar uh, <laughs> in regards to c4 he says quote the iraqis couldn't even get this <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good one. Who, who you think you got? Chelsea Clinton is a great bar. Yeah. I think really relevant for the time because um, 
you know, that was still, I think that was Bill Clinton's second term. Um, uh, I ain't, well, yeah, when, uh, when Jackie Chan threw down a ladder and he couldn't jump up for it, he says, I ain't Kareem, Jabul- uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> pushing yeah, I, I was I laughed like, what? <laughs> you're going to skyhook your way up to the fourth floor? No, I, I feel like this is where Chris Tucker was just ad-libbing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, he just came in with a bar, like, out of nowhere. Um, it would take all day to kiss your fat ass. I thought it was a good comeback. Um, at one point, he was trying to get everyone to leave the gallery because there was an explosive there. So he was trying to get everyone to go. And he gave the speech about there's a bomb in the building and no one moved. And then he started just yelling and screaming at people. And then they started scrambling. And then he just yells, titty, 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 get them titties out of here. <laughs> That's got to be an ad lib, man. I think all of them are ad libs, man. Um, they they seem too good and in the moment yeah. to to be written. And I want to give Chris Tucker credit for that. All I'm saying, man, this this is his movie. Um, yeah. I mean, smart of them no. to pair with Jackie Chan and brought in a huge audience, obviously. This is, and here's the thing, like, you know, I see, this is a real incredible basketball analogy. I, I'm not an incredible stretch. Um, but I see Chris Tucker's career almost like Tracy McGrady's career. You know, like you have all this potential, but not actually quite as good as the talent necessarily says it is. Um, but uh, because but he's like incredibly famous and popular in Asia because of Rush Hour, kind of like how Tracy McGrady is because he played next to Yame. So, <laughs> whoa, the- whoa, whoa, okay, I can't believe we're gonna. Okay, I guess we're gonna turn into the jump now, and you're Kendrick Perkins. Um, I can't believe we're ending this talking about Tracy McGrady's career, but let's do it. Tracy McGrady was like one of the top, if not the top, scorer in the league for like a period of yeah. time. He just happened yeah. to play next to Kobe. Um, and he also just happened to never make it out, (laughs) you know, the, the second round of the playoffs or he, he, it took him a while to even get out of the first round. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, like there was a time when he was up three, one on the Pistons and, or I think he was up. Yeah. It was a best of seven, I think in the first round. And he talked about how it was nice to finally get out of the first round. And then they, they blew the three, one lead like that. That was the thing that stuck with him for the early part. But this guy was like 30, 35 points a game. Like I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like I feel like, I feel like him not winning complicates things, and I'm, I don't know if that's fair to him. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I mean, it's fitting that he's from Houston because he's like the original James Harden, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just not well, successful in the playoffs. But you know, he's undeniably is, talented, man. Come on, yeah. No, I know. I, I understand know how why, good T Mac is, man. But I don't know why I'm defending T Mac. All I'm saying is, if Yao Ming wasn't hurt, the Rockets probably would have mm-hmm. made a finals. What, what my thing? What my thing is the comparison here is. If you go to Asia, T Mac is probably like a top five player, and in NBA history, T Mac is not a top five player. And Chris Tucker, if you go to Asia, he's probably like a top five American actor, and in, in America, he's not a top five American actor. So, no, that's uh, that. that's the connection. Yeah, he's no, like uh, he's like Landry Fields to Jeremy Lin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. I'm trying to Can't think of other. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other comparisons. No, that's a good one though. No, I I get where you're coming from. Um, um, all right. All right, man. Uh, that's it. Uh, Rush Hour two next time. Yeah, listen, it's a. Uh, it's not going to be as good as Rush Hour one, but Rush Hour one's a classic, man. It's still on TV that day. It's uh, oh man, what was that movie that you watched with with V and uh, Faisal? Oh yeah, Kuch Kuch Hotei, <laughs> the Bollywood movie. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah, Kuch Kuch Hotei. No, I haven't. But um, yeah, this is this you, is the. You Asian should watch version. it. It's like uh, it's like the Bollywood hitch. Okay, actually, that sounds like that sounds like a great that's a great sell. All <laughs> I, I feel like I feel is... like V's like <laughs> taking off his headphones in disgust, like that Jose Mourinho <laughs> meme. <laughs> oh man! All right, rush hour two, and we'll basically just um, detour and talk about Hong Kong for for an hour. All right. Uh, yeah, this is that's looking to be the last podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> one of one of us getting canceled after that. So. <laughs> oh man. Absolutely nothing. Good guy, you are. 
It ain't you all, it's y'all. 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 You sound like a karate movie. Y'all. Y'all. Say it from right here with some soul. Y'all. 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 Let me show your goofy ass how to do this. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Yeah.